Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. deadly virus that did originate in Wuhan. I don't have a problem with it. Oh, good. Meghan McCain doesn't have a problem with it. Listen not to the scores of Asian Americans telling everyone that the term is dangerous and offensive. Instead, gather round and take the word of a wealthy white woman who's dressed like she's about to lay off 47 people over Zoom. Okay, two years ago, President Biden said, we are a nation that says you want to flee and you're fleeing opposition. You should come. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. Now he says... I can say quite clearly, don't come over. So why was his position different campaigning than it is governing? Well, I think that sometimes there are uh, there are there's language that is used by some uh, that is not completely including the full context of his comments. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before, and I'm sure I will again. Ah, funny, funny, funny. Kamala Harris continues to be in a very giddy, laughy, funny mood. I'm glad she is. Very few other people in the administration are at the moment. It is uh, rough going over there, including, of course, in the White House briefing room where somebody is uh, having a bad time. You're no hack, Jen You're no hack. Well, they were attacking her today. Peter Ducey dismantling Jen Psaki. It is, she was never really good at this. I We talked about it months and months ago. We, we played um, audio from when she was back at the Pentagon and the, or uh, the State Department. She, she's not great at this. There are some people who are really great at this. Like uh, Dana Perino was really good and really uh, adept at a very tough time as well when there was a lot of spinning to be done. In with the two foreign wars going on, um, what's his name? Clinton's not the first. Jay Carney was very good. He was very okay. skilled. At times, we'd get a little bit snooty, and he'd he'd uh, t- definitely take a shot at uh, at some of the reporters. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he was really good. Saki's not good. And people, because they believe in the Aaron Sarkin world, and because in her first press conference, she said, "Okay, people, let's do it all again tomorrow." And it's supposed to be like, wow, the good guys are back. Such competence and, you know, good, um, noble motivations for everything they're doing. And she spoke the truth to us. And look, at she's so buttoned up and and, and handles every question. And she doesn't wear too much makeup nope. like that mean Kaylee McEnany or that Sarah Huckabee Sanders with her dark, foreboding eyeshadow. That was, <laughs> those were the dark times. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, that's right. That's when the White House Correspondents Dinner was... What turned into a roast of Sarah Sanders' looks <laughs> of how terrible she looked all the time, and that was considered, you know, of course it's the Trump administration. You're supposed to be ripping down mm-hmm. women. It's like the cut we played in the open here with John Oliver. Oh, I don't know what his reason for existing is because he's not a comedian. There's no jokes that happen anymore, and but feels feels really comfortable ripping Megan mm-hmm. McCain's uh, race and gender. 
and going after her overall appearance. Man, you give progressives, progressive men a chance to bully women, they will take it. Oh, they love it. That's their favorite game. Absolutely. That's why every time you have one of these Me Too things, it's always a good progressive feminist man. Yeah. Always. I like. I honestly don't know of one that's like an evil Republican. Right. T.J. Ducklow didn't scream at Jonathan Swan over the phone and said, mm-hmm. we're going to destroy you. Because Jonathan Swan would have handed his ass to him. He did it to a, a mm-hmm. demure... Is demure? Does yeah. that mean small? No. Yeah, um, well, female reporter. Um, okay, so yeah, so it was a tough day for Saki today. The, the, I can't believe it. Even I thought that we'd be off of this today because we hit the stuff yesterday. Right. But it's even crazier. I mean, yesterday. Well, the pictures came out from Axios with all right? the immigrants in the plexiglass, the like plastic cubes with. Um, Hanging tents. With tinfoil blankets. A lot of them <laughs> stuck together. In the administration, the, the, the thing that's so... And there is something a little bit delicious about it because they've staked out intellectually dishonest positions. Mm-hmm. And many of it doesn't take much to know it. About the COVID rules and the facilities, the amenities in there, etc. And they've all been exposed. Now they're knocking into all these pillars of dishonesty they've built. Because you can't defend yourself on point A unless you knock point B over. Right. I mean, remember, it was just a few weeks ago when Jen Psaki used the most dripping of sarcastic tones with Peter Deuce. I'm sure you're not suggesting that we just ignore the COVID rules and mm-hmm. cram all the migrants into one facility. The CDC has made very clear guidelines that we can only be at 50% capacity, which is why we're opening these additional overflow facilities. Well, a week or two later, just chuck out those CDC guidelines. Right. Now Goodbye. we're on the other side. I've been through life on both sides now. First there were tents. Now there's container ships. It's it's fascinating how they're changing this stuff. It's not fascinating. It's just obscene to witness right. it. It's to witness the maneuvers right in front of us. What you just said that that everybody should come? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. We have it on tape. No, I didn't. It's freaking remarkable. Okay, two years ago, President Biden said, "We are a nation that says you want to flee, and you're fleeing opposition. You should come." They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. Now he says, I can say quite clearly, don't come over. So why was his position different campaigning than it is governing? Well, I think that sometimes there are uh, there are there's language that is used by some uh, that is not completing, including the full context of his comments. I will say that. Uh, come again, <laughs> Jen. Sometimes there is language used by some that is not including the full context of his comments. Those words in that order don't mean anything, Jen. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to thinly suggest that sometimes campaign rhetoric can be uh, a a little um, vague and disjointed and inartful. That's what we were trying to say. But you're not. You just threw words out until you felt there were enough words out there that you could pivot to talking points. He still believes that he wants our country to be a place where there is asylum processing at the border, where people are considered uh, and go through a proper process, who are fleeing prosecution, who uh, should be considered uh, for immigration status. That is a process that is broken. It was broken by the last administration, and he wants... Really? Really? We're going there right now? That is a process that is broken, broken by the last administration? The last administration... Didn't have this problem. Remember, the whole reason for this administration was to not be the last administration. And now on the ground, they're starting to look a lot like the last administration. That is, that is pretty craven. To put in place a process through an immigration bill, through uh, steps taken by our Department of Homeland Security and HHS to improve that process and make it safe. So the answer is, he was on both sides because we're not going to tell you. But once again, Biden gets to be on all sides of the situation. It doesn't matter. where 180 degrees change. And that should be something that's concerning. Because you would wonder then, if you can ratchet back 180 degrees, then what happens when, when uh, the things on the ground change again? 
Is that 180 degrees again? Does it matter? Does it? You can all. You will just skip to the next one. Doesn't matter. I'm on all sides. Doesn't matter. I have my immigration policy is both sides now. Process them on the border. Make sure you're adjudicated in the United States. We used to. Oh, sorry. Containers now instead of cells. So many things I would have done, but clouds got in my way. But our immigration policy is both sides now. From up and down, and still somehow, it's clouds. From open borders. do presidenting Mayorkas yesterday said to us said to us we had mm-hmm. this audio of him saying that the border was closed it was officially closed now apparently there are people being let right in come right in mm-hmm. no processing we don't we don't have the facilities right here walk right into the country you're an american now congratulations you're an american you're an american you're an american you're an american this is absolutely crazy they have lost control and they have flipped themselves and turned themselves around so many times that they have seized. The engine of our immigration policy has seized. The border is absolutely open. So now that Border Patrol agents in the Rio Grande Valley are letting adult migrants go without even issuing notices to appear, is... That's one hell of a setup to a question. Now that this is already said, that adult migrants just just get to go into the country... Now that we know they, they can walk right in, the same way you and I can walk through different rooms of this, of this house, there are now no obstructions. Here comes my actual question, Jen. That posited as a fact. The immigration policy just becoming more of like the honor system? Uh, that is an inaccurate depiction of what's happening uh, at the border. So there's no change in policy. The border remains closed. Uh, families and single adults are being expelled under Title 42 and should not attempt to cross illegally. In the narrow, narrow circumstances in which families can't be expelled, the family is tested and quarantined as needed and placed in immigration proceedings to commence. In some cases, families are placed in removal proceedings further along in the release process. So if families are going to be uh, going to be deported and they're awaiting uh, deportation, they don't need a court date. Uh, and they don't need a notice to appear because it has already been determined that they will be uh, sent back to their home countries. Sometimes that takes a minute to uh, ensure there is proper transportation and steps uh, in place to do that. But if Secretary Mayorkas says the border is secure, the border is closed, how is that the case if these migrants are being processed on this side of the border and then put on a bus to points unknown on this side of the border? Well, again, there are limited cases limited yeah it is limited mm-hmm. it's under a million so far i think i mean that's <laughs> limited where uh there are families uh because they can't be held in mexico uh who are uh who are processed tested considered uh, at uh, at the border most of them are uh, sent back to their home countries those are very limited cases and it's certainly not a depiction of the overarching policy so I read something interesting about this statistic that she's citing that the Biden administration has been big on over the last few days where they say the majority of adults and families are being sent back to Mexico. And my understanding is that while that is true, if you take adults and families as one big category, that yes, about 70% of that category, adults by themselves and families are getting sent back. It's not actually true if you just take families on their own that only about 40% of the families crossing the border are getting sent back to Mexico. That It's only true that the majority of adults and families are getting sent back to Mexico if you consider adults and families to be one category. So families, not just adults with no kids with them, the majority of families are actually being brought into the United States right now. And, and so this... This weird, like, statistical game that we're playing here is not an honest one. 
And for that matter, a lot of them are then the ones that do get sent back are going back across the border and then they're sending their kid back unaccompanied because mm-hmm. they're getting told that, oh, no, we're only taking taking unaccompanied kids. So these narrow circumstances that she's describing are not actually that yes. narrow. And once again, remember that President Trump had struck a deal with the Mexican president mm-hmm. to use the Mexican military along the southern border of Mexico to patrol to prevent these folks from reaching up here and also having them wait in uh, in Mexico while being adjudicated, which is part of the PMMP um, ordinance, whatever it was called. I forget. Right. The Staten. Remain in Mexico policy. Right. And, right. and now, so now um, they're being processed in both sides now, Alice. They're being mm-hmm. processed in both sides now. What's that, the difference? It's just an imaginary line on a map. That's Processed in both sides now, but mostly on the American side. Are you seeing this, Alice? You I don't love know. This. this is from Love Actually. Well, although that was um, that was the originator in Love Actually. This is a cover. Oh, okay. Whose cover is this? That was Joan. Who's Joan? Um, she taught your cold English wife yes. how to love. Yes, yes, yes. That was Joan. Um, <laughs> come on. Everybody's going to be mad at me because this is something I shouldn't. Joan, not Joan Baez. That was. Joan. <laughs> this is shameful. Joni Mitchell. Okay. Okay. That was Joni Mitchell who taught mm-hmm. your cold English wife how to love. <laughs> yes. This is uh, Judy Collins. Oh, okay. Who I believe is a Yankee. Um, so it was Joni Mitchell. But Joni Mitchell. Hugh Grant is not, and Liam Neeson, and uh, who's the one who played? But she's Hugh Grant's sister. But who's the woman who played that? Uh, Alan Rickman? No, no, woman, Alice. What? Woman. Who's the woman? Emma Thompson? Yes. Okay. That was our first, our first fight on air. <laughs> <sighs> um, so I want to, uh, there's a couple of more doocy cuts here. But at some point, Alice, since there has been some curiosity, I'm going to let you ask me. What the news is, what the changes are in our lives. Tom. Not right now. No. I think we should. You know what? Let's do it now. Go ahead. Tom. You may ask me some questions. What's going on with you in your professional life lately? I am no longer in the newspaper business, Alice. I was with a newspaper from 2013 mm-hmm. to um, until. 2021. To 2021, exactly. Mm-hmm. With one paper in Boston. And then one in Lowell, one in Fitchburg, and one in Neshoba Valley, one in Drake. One <laughs> a few in, papers. One in Lowell in North Central Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Correct. I am no longer there. I, uh, For reasons we cannot go into. Exactly. But. Um, so I, what's I, next for you, Thomas? I, I want to say uh, that the people I've met, co-workers, fantastic. Uh, those are great, great papers. Um, and the people of Lowell in North Central Massachusetts I've met have been, it has been an absolute pleasure dealing dealing with them, <clears throat> sometimes uh, arguing with them, and having great conversations with them. These are great, mm-hmm. great American cities. So, what is next? What to do next? So, we are going to, I'm going to be putting more time and energy into the Burn Barrel podcast, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm also the first... Um, user of something called. Uh, I'm going to be the first subscriber, a user, or, or author at something called Substack. <laughs> the inaugural uh, writer. Yes, inaugural writer, which is kind of a newsletter thing. So I'll do some of that mm-hmm. as well, and maybe some other cool stuff happening. But I want to be able to do more, more media things, and uh, that is that. I mean, I, well, as they come, we'll we'll talk about it. Certainly, but Mm -hmm. I do. I am thrilled to be able to spend more time talking to you guys, listening and um, watching. And um, I look forward to putting more uh, into making the shows uh, better and having a lot more fun in the future. And maybe I'll even lose weight. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Could happen. I don't know. (laughs) Very dark of you. All right, so. Uh, Jen Saki, Jen Saki, Jen Saki. More border stuff. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, here we go. So, what is his concern about this being a super spreader event where you've got 400 uh, uh, kids stuffed into a pod built for 260? 
These kids are tested. Uh, if they need to be quarantined, they are quarantined. We also follow CDC guidelines to ensure that they are kept safe. One of the reasons that it took us some time to uh, have some of these facilities or some of the shelters open to larger groups of kids is because we wanted to follow those CDC guidelines. So we certainly don't see it through that prism. We actually took the steps we did to keep these kids safe. But where else in the country would it be okay to have 400 people in a space for 260 during the pandemic. Well, again, Peter, our, we're closely following the CDC guidelines. That's why we're opening up additional facilities, why they've been at limited capacity in a number of these shelters. But if I may, I don't know that there are CDC guidelines that say you can be open. For the are you talking about the shelters or are you talking about the Border the Patrol? Border Patrol facility. Apologies, I wasn't yes. misunderstanding your question. Yes. Look, I, I think our objective is to move. This is one of the reasons this is such a focus every single day for the president and this administration. We want to move these kids as quickly as possible through these facilities and into the shelters where they where there is safe spacing. OK, so and really nothing doing there. This another reporter asked a good question, and I wish I, I could got could have gotten her name, but I didn't get her name. So also, you are opening up new facilities. One of the options that's being reported over the weekend is spending eighty six million dollars on hotel hotel rooms for some migrants and feeding them. Um, how do you square that with the National Guard troops who were sleeping in parking garages and you know, some of them got sick from having contaminated food. That's a disparity a lot of people are pointing out, that our National Guard was treated one way, and then illegal immigrants are going to be put in hotel rooms. Well, first let me say that um, at the time when we became aware of the conditions, National Guard troops were um, in, in, in uh, parking garages, as you noted, uh, the president called the head of the National Guard that day and offered his assistance, offered to... Uh, play any role that he could play, boosting morale, asking for more aid, making sure they had the right, uh, were treated in the way that they deserved for the incredible role they've played. So uh, I know that was some time ago, but that was the reaction he took at the time. <clears throat> so we, the media now is in a tough position where they're, like we said yesterday, they're forced to report on this stuff mm -hmm. because they were so theatrical over a few couple of years ago during Trump and how this was an aberration, yada, yada. So they've had to get, you do the same performance this time. Some of them, some of them the, are, are committed to being the Iron Dome defense of uh, Joe Biden, like Jacob Soboroff on MSNBC, trying to, doing his best to knock down the notion that Biden inviting people over was the root cause of this. It doesn't matter what any president says uh, migrants who are fleeing desperation, Anna, are going to come to the United States. President Trump, after... That's what he says. Mm -hmm. All of the men on the street interviews in Mexico that we played yesterday say something very different. But who, how would those people know? They're just simply uh, attempted illegal immigrants. Uh, the separation policy, which was defined as torture by Physicians for Human Rights. There is no stronger message than we're going to separate... Physicians for Human Rights. I get the feeling uh, you can process whatever you'd like through Physicians for Human Rights during the Trump administration, and they'll come out with whatever you'd like it to say. ...from your family on purpose to scare people away. <laughs> yeah, this is totally different. This is just having them alone, separated, by the way, from the person who's bringing them, who may or may not be familiar with them, and putting them in a dark cell that you know where you can't see the sun for a few days at a time. The Physicians for Human Rights or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure they're all happy about this. Did he ask what the Physicians for Human Rights feel about this? Because I didn't hear him say it. ...numbers uh, in recent decades, in memory. 2019, we saw almost exactly the same thing that we're seeing right now, but more people coming to the country. Uh, did President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas say... Give it time, Jacob. I uh, I wouldn't mm -hmm. you know, plant my flag there. The borders closed, don't come now versus don't come. Uh, maybe inspire some people to come. Sure. Um, but what really pushes people here is violence and persecution and corruption in their home countries. And as I've seen with my own eyes, uh, malnutrition and starvation and extreme poverty. A lot of times, by the way, uh, uh, put into place, exacerbated by the effects of climate change and climate variability. And so, you know, it's a pretty drastic left turn. <laughs> OK, so wait a second. So now who's one of the big polluters out there, Alice, who uses consumes most of the energy or a lot of the energy on the earth? 
China? Well, sure, but you can't. They can't be expected India? to not. Right. Um. The United States uses oh, a lot of energy. Oh. It oh. is Western capitalism oh. that is causing this crisis. That's on all of us, not Jacob Soboroff oh. and his friends. That's on mostly us. Oh, is that why we're now considering a $3 trillion green infrastructure bill? Well, to remedy that. To remedy the oh, camps the, at the border? Well, uh, because I, you ask a good if question. That, so if we put up enough electric car charging stations... The immigrants won't need to come here anymore? They will stop. It'll come to a complete stop. Oh. I hear the criticisms that the Biden administration isn't sounding uh, tough enough, um, but a tough message from President Obama. Does this guy not freaking hear himself? He's a reporter and he's freaking flacking for Biden right in front of us. It's embarrassing. God. Don't come. Didn't stop people from coming. A tough, the toughest message ever from President Trump didn't stop people from coming. Um, And now... President Biden is learning uh, that same thing. Uh, this is not, you don't solve uh, people coming to the border to seek asylum uh, by s- saying stern things to them. How remarkable is that? Hmm. How remarkable is that? Totally belies, of course, you know, what we've heard and seen. And it's incredible. No, no, it just isn't. It just isn't. No, no, it just isn't. Well, oh, I have come, bad news. Come on. So, 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 Jacob Soboroff, did you talk to... To this guy? We walked into Juarez, Mexico, a city racked with violence to find Ophelia and her 10-year-old son, now headed back to Guatemala after being sent back to Mexico. The reason she risked everything? Biden promised that we can cross with, with minors. She said she heard that because of President Biden, she would be welcome. Oh, in climate change. The, yeah, they cut that part out. So I have bad news. Well, hold on one second. I got another yeah. gentleman I'd like to listen to. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. Definitely. We had the chance, you know. We used to watch the, the news, and uh, I definitely yeah. won't do this. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically. Basically. <laughs> Go ahead, my dear. I have bad news for people who would like to pin the immigration crisis on climate change, um, which is that I read this article in Scientific American, which I believe makes it science, right? So, I mean, I we'll personally, see. I, what it says. I believe science. I have a sign in my yard that says I believe science. So I, you know, that's just what I believe. I don't question it. So, um... This is uh, from Scientific American yesterday under the behavior and society category. And this is by Sarah Jaquette Ray, in which she writes, climate anxiety is an overwhelmingly white phenomenon. (laughs) Is it really just code for white people (coughs) wishing to hold on to their way of life or, quote, get back to normal? Now, hold on. That lead there, I do generally agree with that lead. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Start from the beginning again, please. Climate anxiety is an overwhelmingly white phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Is it yes. really just code for white people wishing to hold on to their way of life or get back to normal? Mm-hmm. Um, so then she writes, I've been struck by the fact that those responding to the concept of climate anxiety are overwhelmingly white. Indeed, these climate anxiety circles are even whiter than the environmental circles I've been in for decades. Jesus. I mean, today, a year into the pandemic and after the murder of George Floyd and the protests that followed and the attack on the U.S. Capitol, I'm deeply concerned about the racial implications of climate anxiety. If people of color are more concerned about climate change than white people, why is the interest in climate anxiety so white? Is climate anxiety a form of white fragility or even racial anxiety? Is climate anxiety just code for white people wishing to hold on to their way of life or get back to normal to the comforts of privilege? The white response to climate change is literally suffocating to people of color. Climate... <laughs> well, wait, what is she saying here? I'll, I'll listen. Climate anxiety can operate like white fragility, sucking up all the oxygen in the room and devoting resources towards appeasing the dominant group. Ooh, As climate... I like this. There's the point to this. 
Mm-hmm. Although I have a problem so, with com- wall-to-wall race in in columns. Well, right, but I think, too, she's tying it back to also, like, the El Paso shooter. Part of his racial problem with the Hispanic people in the Walmart that he shot up was that he was a big environmentalist, and he thought the world was doomed, so he had to kill oh. all the brown people to save Earth. How interesting. I'm going to have to um, give mm-hmm. this column a second look. As climate refugees are framed as a climate security threat, will the climate anxious recognize their role in displacing people around the globe? Will they be able to see their own fate tied in the fate of the dispossessed, or will they hoard resources, limit the rights of the most affected, and seek to save only Ooh, their own? We like this. Deluded that this xenophobic strategy will we save them. We like this. I like the idea of a woke torpedo headed straight for the USS uh climate uh crazies this is wonderful keep going it is surprisingly short step from chronic fear of environmental doom as the american psychological association defines eco-anxiety to xenophobia and fascism yes racism is not an accidental byproduct of environmentalism That's right. It has been a constant reference point. As I wrote about in my first book, The Ecological Other, early environmentalists in the U.S. were anti-immigrant eugenicists, Mm -hmm. whose ideas were later adopted by Nazis to implement blood and soil ideology. You know, (laughs) this is the greatest single column I have heard in in a year and a half. Here, here. I am with it. Let's Venmo them money, Alice. (laughs) In a recent dramatic example, the gunman of the 2019 El Paso shooting was motivated by despair about the ecological fate of the planet. My whole life, I've been preparing for a future that currently doesn't exist. Durfjörg himself was a big environment and uh, animal fella. Today's progressives espouse climate change as the greatest existential threat of our time, a claim that ignores people who have been experiencing existential threats for far longer. Mm -hmm. Slavery, colonialism, police brutality. We can't neglect history to save To me, it's all part of whiteness. Mm -hmm. Correct? I agree with her. I am in 100% agreement. Keep the salvos going. Take down the climate anxious. Are they the climate anxious? Yes. There are people struck by climate anxiety. Yes. yes, I love that. We need more of this. More of this. <laughs> the in the more the uh, snake starts eating its so own tail. So if you're worried about climate change, and if you see immigration as part of climate change, then you are a white supremacist. I yes. like this new trend. That's great. And if you're not, you still are. But <laughs> if you are, you are. So uh, you know, it was uh, today was an odd day for Harris Faulkner. Uh, Harris Faulkner had Donald Trump on. First, she got some just blatantly horrible uh, IFB, you call it in broadcasting, or you know intercom uh, news. Somebody was shouting in her ear some breaking news um, that would have been huge breaking news today. As a matter of fact, when I played the clip, I was off my seat. I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Yes, because it's just happened now, and I want to double check this with our producers. Um the DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has resigned, Mr. President. Your first- well, I'm not surprised. Good. That's a big victory for our country. <laughs> that is his kind of information that he wants to hear. He is happy to hear this, but unfortunately, things don't turn out as uh, we thought they were going to. Hold, hold on. Let me let let me stop. Let me stop. Let me listen to my team one more time. Forgive me. Forgive me. That has not happened, but. Uh, And I apologize, listening to the team and you. But I know that you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. The behavior after the November election was not uh, bueno, but this he is definitely the funny, funny, the funniest president and ex president we have ever had, including Reagan, who was pretty funny himself. Well, yeah, but he was folksy funny. He would have, (laughs) you know, elaborate uh, jokes. Um, but you're right. We should get some ratings, funny stuff um, soon. So another, and then because Trump is Trump, uh, Faulkner gets a question she asks absolutely thrown back at her a thousand miles per hour. Ex-president, before I let you go, just real quickly, most presidents, ex-presidents like yourself do not weigh in at this level. Why did you feel like you needed to on this issue? Well, you called me. I didn't call you, in all fairness, but... <laughs> Most ex-presidents, Harris, aren't this guy who are going to take a question like that in a friendly sense. 
If he's going to use it to show that he's cool and you're not, if he has the opportunity to, he's going to. Come on, Harris. I love her, too. I think she's awesome. Yeah, I do like her. Um, so that was interesting. And uh, another thing that got me today was, um, I'm gonna, I just want to visit for a second this idiot, John Oliver. He's not a, he, I think he was one of the, the like John Stewart guys, like Colbert. Was that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so he's one of those guys. I, I never saw a full John Stewart show. I've only, I'd only seen clips. He was never funny to me. He was always just bobbing and weaving from trying to be super serious and somewhat intellectual to escaping and running right over here to the right to comedy when he needed to, when stuff got hard or if he was challenged. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just a comedian. Hey, I'm just a comedian. And shame on you. Look at what you're doing. You're divisive. You're destroying the country. <laughs> But hey, we're doing this for hey. I'm lighting up. I'm just a comedian. So he, he just played this game. I just think he's talentless. It's fine. Um, and that explains why Colbert is not a funny guy, and that this John Oliver is not a funny guy. I, is he an expatriate? Is he is he an American now? Uh, I don't know if he actually has citizenship. I assume he does. I, I don't like know. What, does. I don't know. But I would if, if we. I, I'm fine deporting him if he's not. <laughs> but so this is his screed about. Megan McCain. And you tell me where the comedy comes in. And our long, ugly history of anti-Asian racism and the fact that it often peaks during times of crisis is the very reason why, just last year, many were loudly warning that Trump calling COVID names like the China virus was likely to lead to a rise in violence against people of Asian descent, an argument that, at the time, not everyone seemed to find convincing. I think if the left wants to focus on PC labeling this virus, it is a great way to get Trump real. First of all, you can go after a couple of his his premises. Um, certainly, there has been, uh, with the Exclusion Act and other stuff at the turn of the century, turn of the other century, uh, there has been anti-Chinese, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, laws and sentiment. People resented the Chinese for taking American jobs, trying to take what they considered American uh, gold. It was petty, ugly disgusting bigoted absolutely and to codify it into law was uh, horrendous one of the many horrendous things that happened but this country also does many many wonderful things and gets better and acknowledges the mistake mm-hmm. it makes you know we don't necessarily need to be called out by a freaking kensington uh you know nimrod because yeah somebody who marches under the butcher's apron of the evil colonial well, right. british well, flag and- my goodness britain doesn't really have a leg to stand on when it comes to race problems globally. but it seems to me john oliver couldn't get here quick enough <laughs> even though the light all the racism and things like that why would he want to why do you want why would he want to you know validate that in a positive way elected i don't have a problem with people calling it whatever they want it's a deadly virus that did originate in wuhan i don't have a problem with it Oh, good. Meghan McCain doesn't have a problem with it. Listen not to the scores of Asian Americans telling everyone that the term is dangerous and offensive. Instead, gather around and take the word of a wealthy white woman who's dressed like she's about to lay off 47 people. There it is. We played it in the beginning. A wealthy white woman who dresses like a cold, you know what. That's what he's saying. Why is it okay for him to use gender? Him to single her out on her gender? How dare a wealthy white woman say that Mm -hmm. she has these things she's wealthy she because of her race she shouldn't be saying that and because of her gender she should not be saying that does she has to be and how she dresses yes he dresses like she's going to lay people off whatever way that is i don't even know and because the way she dressed i'm allowed to aim my ire at her you Mm -hmm. know and use the convenient rise in crime against asians to do it I mean, this guy, mm-hmm. talk about a, uh, just a little freaking sculpt Over Zoom. Now, I will say, McCain posted this week, stop Asian hate with three broken heart emojis, which is a fine sentiment to throw up on Twitter after the fact. But there has to be an understanding that saying, I don't have a problem with calling it the China virus, is very much giving space for that hate to grow. It's one of the five most lazy words, hate. Mm-hmm. It's hate. Yep. It's just hate. It's just hate. What is it? Well, it's just hate. People have hate. And it's the motivation for any divergent thinking that isn't like your own. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's hate. What kind of hate? White supremacy. It's hate. It's mm-hmm. so lazy. It is so incredibly lazy. Right. And there's not necessarily any clear link between Trump calling anything the Wuhan no, virus. No, there's no link and, at all. It's please. And some 
guy. So there's there was another one. Bronx resident Mark Mathieu, 36 in, of the Bronx, uh, beat up a 68 year old little Asian man who was just on the train minding his own mm-hmm. business um, in New York yesterday. Is this yesterday? Uh, just say yesterday. Also, not going to. I think it was yesterday. No, it was Friday afternoon. He was arrested yesterday. Um, but you know, the guy. He happens to be a black guy. I think he's probably just a crazy person or a homeless person or something. He's dressed like a lunatic. Ooh, that sounds and, like hate to me. And he beat up this guy and called him a mother effing Asian while he was beating him up on the train. Bystanders stepped in and stopped him. He was subsequently arrested. It's not clear this guy has any idea that he's even in reality with us right now. You know, it's just like the idea that that can be linked to Trump Mm -hmm. and not to a general rise right now of mental health problems, of violence, of crime, that, you know, that's probably a lot more linked than anything Trump ever said about the virus. I just, I don't think it's a big concern in the types of circles these crimes are generally happening in. But who knows? What do I know? No, we'll but find it, out someday, but... Well, John Oliver will not be talking about that particular crime. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I'm... well, Meghan McCain didn't do it, and I don't think that guy could probably name Meghan McCain if his life depended on it, so I don't think that she contributed to any climate of hate. But it's like the same thing. Sarah Palin absolutely caused the shooting in which Gabby Giffords mm-hmm. was shot and that's a narrative that now can't be unwritten because it was written. And even though it's proven that that guy was just a complete like schizophrenic out of his mind, had zero political ideology, probably didn't know who Sarah Palin was, much less, you know, saw some campaign map she drew with targets on districts they wanted to target to flip districts, you know, it's just, you, you're going to make the narrative, Trump caused the Asian hate, Trump caused this, Trump caused that, Meghan McCain caused the Asian hate by something she said on The View last year, which, it's just, the whole thing it's, is it so is, ridiculous. It's purpose, purposely, they're purposely delusional. They know they are. They won't, I mean, you could say that Bernie Sanders saying that the Republicans wanted to kill people by lack of health care mm-hmm. was responsible for that guy, who was a Sanders fan, going and shooting all the Republicans. You could actually make a link. That doesn't mean that Bernie Sanders was... That guy was also just an insane idiot. Right. But he actually, you know, volunteered for the Bernie campaign and knew about Bernie Sanders. So there's, like, some kind of, you know, tenuous link there of ideology. You know, there are times when a person does have an ideology... Or, like, we were talking about the El Paso guy. That guy had an ideology. That was a crime of... You know, of political violence, right? Whereas the Gabby Giffords thing was not political violence because that was just a person who was completely out of his mind. You know, and I really like, I think there's a very distinct difference there. Well, it, it is, yes, it is. There's a distinct, distinct difference, but that's why it's so interesting watching people on the left react to what's happening at the border. Mm-hmm. Just to say, okay, you've been delusional now. You've been happy to believe fully and proclaim that this Russian stuff was happening, and now claim that it's the other side who are conspiracy theorists, whatever. And there's been never been a reckoning. This is interesting to see this uh, along the edges here. A little bit of the reckoning for for what's going on down there. Will Kamala Harris visit the border? Doesn't seem like it should be a funny question, but it is. Do you have plans to visit the border? Uh, um. Not today, <laughs> but um, I have before, and I'm sure I will again. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. She, if she's going to be president soon, um, she probably needs to work on the like nervous laughter at inopportune moments. Well, the way to work on the nervous laughter is to have a mastery of the subject matter, <laughs> and she does not, and she never has had to. And she's not going to. Usually she just makes bull bleep up, whether it's with Charlemagne the God or Anderson Cooper or Jake Tapper. She just simply makes the- It was a debate. Exactly right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And to watch half the country when she's president, if if by any chance she becomes president, it's going to be interesting to watch half the country say, yes, this is impressive. And she knows the subject matter. Yes. This is absolutely- is she going to do that with Putin? Yes. 
I mean, there's no, what do you think she's going to do? That's what she does. You know, somebody could carefully write and craft a line for her, like when she hit Biden on busing uh-huh. for hanging with the segregationists. That little girl was me. Not that Putin's going to give a flying bleep about, you know, <laughs> something like that or any attack. But yeah, that's it. That's how we are. It's concerning. And, you know, we didn't get to this the other day, but. Uh, this is my drag queens? The- no, after I was gonna say after the Biden fall, which honestly is just as tough to watch. Yeah, I don't the like Biden it. Fall I don't like thing. it. I, I mean, I just I have like a physical, visceral, cringe reaction to that video. I'm I, gonna make a bad comparison, but mm-hmm. but this is what I think it is. Watching him the first time stumble going up is like that's one thing, and then again is kind of ugh, and then when the third one when he actually falls down. It's becoming something that we shouldn't see. It's an old person losing yeah. control. It's bad. Just to watch so, an old uh, man crumpling yes. on the steps and nobody near him. So and this it's is just my terrible. Upsetting. This is my terrible uh, um, comparison. Okay. Kind of reminds me of. This is terrible. So I'm putting it out there already. But maybe you'll understand what I mean. Because if you're if you were around for 9/11, you remember this. Is when the first plane hit and somebody said an airplane just hit the twin towers. You're like, you think it's a little Piper Sonoma plane, like, wow, that's interesting. And then you go to a TV, and a second plane then slams into the other one. It's, we've now turned a page. It's no longer interesting. It's freaking go time. Well, right. And, you know, there were a lot of people saying, like, oh, well, did you feel the same when Pence tripped on the steps or when Trump walked down the ramp? Okay. You know, if it were just the one trip, I would feel differently about it. You know, people trip. It happens. I don't know if I buy the wind. That wasn't thing, tri- he wasn't tripping, but that wasn't a tripping thing. You don't trip or slip or whatever three separate times yes. on three different steps. Since I'm a doctor, I'll say what was happening else. Mm-hmm. The instructions from his brain to his legs were interrupted by something. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but it was. Uh, and I don't like the trend of diagnosing people with things, but it did appear to be some kind of medical event. I'll leave that up to his doctors, but I don't like the lack of transparency. I didn't like the lack of transparency when Trump had COVID. I no, don't like it God. when Biden has yes, betting whatever field. He has. Yes, everybody's coming out immediately. Oh no, no, it's absolutely nothing. He wasn't tripping up. He just there was had some a, wind. Yes, it was wind. Yeah, that, that did not look like wind. It reminds me of but, when Robbie Mook said, "said No, Hillary didn't collapse. Nobody collapsed here. Me, you collapsed. No, it wasn't Hillary. <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know, Robbie. It's uh, coming a bit smarmy from you. That's what this is as well. But I don't like it, and I hope that." Um, I hope that that he is okay. I do too. I do too, and I hope that he's not being um, exploited. And you know what? Here's another him. thing. I'm going to say another thing. Okay. Why does our president have to hike up twenty flights of stairs mm-hmm. to get into the plane? Build right. something. Somebody, to, you know, Elon Musk or somebody, build a little crazy Vader so that he can step into something and get just brought up. Well, and you know, a few people raised FDR like, oh, we had a president in a wheelchair. He got lots of... Well, that's great. And I realized they weren't totally transparent about FDR at the time either, right? But Mm -hmm. the thing is, FDR had a physical ailment that did not affect his brain. We don't know what is going on with Joe Biden. Perhaps Joe Biden has a physical ailment that caused him to fall up all those steps um, and that would be great to know if it's purely a physical thing that's not affecting his brain. But since they're not telling us what it is and they're saying it was just the wind blowing on him, which is just patently absurd yeah. to anybody who watches the video, you know, I don't trust that it's not something that might be affecting his brain, especially since he is 78 years old. It's extremely concerning and Kamala does not engender a ton of confidence either. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, not today, <laughs> but um, I have before, and I'm sure I will again. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! By golly! Time for mistletoe and holly. Speaking of that, Alice, you know mm-hmm. how I'm. When I first met you, the only dance you knew was a twerking. You don't remember that? No. Because that's not true. Uh, it's called a segue, Alice. <laughs> so this is, where did you get this? What am I playing here? This is a woman that appears to be British? I don't know. This is on Twitter. 
Okay. No, this is from a drag queen story hour. Drag queen story hour. Here you go. This is instructional for all of you uh, folks who are looking into change up your... So this is at a kid's event. Yes. This funny little dancers from Fortnite. Does anybody know any of the dancers from Fortnite? Oh, then you are a credit to your community. <laughs> but most of all, Michael likes to twerk. Now, does anybody in this room know how to twerk? Okay, well, it's quite important to the story, so I will just give you a very quick demonstration. <laughs> All you need to do is you just stand with your feet sort of shoulder-width apart, like so. Okay, and I'll, sh- I'll show you at the side. Not a lot of hands went up, because mostly they're four years old, and uh, they don't know how you know, to not backup dancers for Cardi B. So they don't do a lot of twerking, I would assume. That's probably a good thing. You get better for you, And you, you crouch down into this sort of position here, so your thumb's sticking out. <laughs> Just think how good these parents feel about themselves. We're really open-minded. We're really open-minded and good people. Look, see, no, we're not. Don't be. We're not offended. No, honey, that's fine. But daddy, that looks really weird and wrong. No, no, it's really fine. We have to keep saying this and pretending this because there's a lot of violence that goes on against people if we don't. Mm -hmm. So let's feel good about ourselves. (laughs) And then you just move your thumb up and down like that, and that's twerking. Yay! I just don't understand. Like, if you're a mom or a dad and you're at that event and you have your little kid, maybe I just can't see into the minds of my fellow Americans anymore who take their kids to Drag Queen Story Hour because I'm just, like, too far away from them. Mm -hmm. But First of all, any Story Hour (laughs) would absolutely suck on a nuclear level. That's my own opinion. But what are the parents thinking when they take their kid to Drag Queen Story Hour? They're thinking that they're really good people. It's about But then the twerking segment happens. And, like, what... Do they just have to, like, shove down that part of themselves? Mm -hmm. And they say, like, no. No, that's just my implicit bias talking. There's nothing wrong here. Yes. Yes. I, like... Don't you just naturally, as a parent, feel a protective sense around your kid that you... You have a, a sense that well, something's sure not right. Well, I'm sure that some of these these year this don't year, you have any I'm red sure, flags? This year, I'm sure there's a bunch of them just doing WAP stuff, and the parents are going to sit there and watch and say, "Oh, this is great! This is wonderful! Look how non-Haiti we're being! We're being really non-Haiti. That's excellent." Yeah. Well, you know what? We don't run in those circles, Alice. We and the burn barrelers, what are they called? Burnouts. Burn. That's derogatory. Some of them are actively it's, just getting addicted. I feel like the burn barrel burnouts is uh, a lot more uh, complimentary to our listeners than the shatheads, <laughs> which is the other favorite. Suggestion. I know, I know. So through I, social media and DMs, I know mm-hmm. some of these guys, mm-hmm. and there's a few of these guys who are shatheads. No matter what, who deserve that. Well, I'm not a shathead. <laughs> <laughs> And what is the, is there one that's like actually just appropriate? <laughs> um, I don't remember now. I don't have them in front of me. I'll have to look again, but. Yeah, we'll have to find them at some point. <sighs> well, Alice, we have a little more time in the day to do things now. At least I do. You have more time in the I day. I have more I time have the in the day. Oh, yes, you have to day. fix the chicken coop, as a matter of fact, <laughs> which is before you go off to work. <laughs> Something's not right here, Alice. I think something's not right. Been another fun episode of the Burn Barrel Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can shoot us an email if you'd like to do that. We are Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel. That's Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube. You can write comments. You can subscribe to the channel or you can subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can write comments, write a review, hit the like button, all those fun Say things that, that we're supposed to tell you to do. Seems a smidge quiet to me. Really? Uh, I can turn it up. Yeah. Send me a little more juice, baby. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.